welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode seven of Where's My Blueprint Podcast. We're so excited to have you with us today. And as you know, we start out our episodes with a quote. And our quote of the quote of our episode today is you can't be committed to your bullshit and your growth. It's one or the other. I love that quote because it helps me define every single day of my life. As you know, we all have sponsors. So we are sponsored by Divine Timing, who Sunny D is going to go ahead drop that info hey everybody okay so this episode as all of our episodes are sponsored by divine timing a really really wonderful place you can go on their website fearforme.com to purchase your digital planner and journals they have brand new ones for the new year and they've dropped a coupon code for y'all so wmb22 will save you guys 22 percent on getting your lives together so go ahead and get that done so today if you notice you got a different voice at the moment because we are in interviewing our very own Nakai. We've been going through each of our hosts and kind of explaining what our views on adulting are and what our experience is. And uh, I think we saved the best for last. So Nakai, how was your transitioning into adulthood? What happened? Where are you from? How did they look like? How did they feel? We want to know all of the tea. I was like, dang, you hit me with like a million questions all at once. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Ooh, let's see. So my trans- Transition into adulting was very, I felt like I got punched in the face. Um, One, because for me, I did not have a blueprint. Um, Like we all said, hence the purpose of this podcast. And it was very interesting because I had some amazing friends, but also I grew up with my grandparents versus parents. So I had a totally different upbringing than most of my friends. Besides that, I had to really learn about everything from like transitioning to budgeting to understanding your worth, understanding like, hey, you have a voice, understanding that for me, a lot of questioning of like, do I have to believe in God? Do I have to believe in what my parents said or what my grandparents taught? So it was a huge slap in the face. One, because when you are in a high school that was very diverse and then you go into college and your college is totally different, like you're introduced to so many different ethnicities, so many different viewpoints. And with that, I learned a lot of being able to understand how to live in your truth, but understanding that you have a voice and when and how to use your voice. I think you made a lot of good points and I've known you for quite some time. And I know some of these points in adulthood where we were kind of questioning things we kind of were doing simultaneously in a sense. And you mentioned what I think a lot of people go through as they become adults 
with growing up and in, in being raised in some sort of faith and getting to the point where now you're starting to ask questions that was probably frowned upon at a younger age. So what did that process look like? Like, what did that feel and look like for you when you were going through that stage? And how did other people respond to you? So going through that stage was very interesting for me. So I luckily had some amazing friends that were kind of going through it with me. And then my grandfather, who rested his soul, put up with me in my questions. <laughs> because I would always ask him like, hey, Pops, how do you know God is real? And he his answers would be so simple of like, I know because of what he's done for me. And of course, me and my brain is like, because I'm such an analytical and logical thinker of like, well, what has he done? So how do I know? So is he going to do the same for me? Like, hey, I'm about to, I'm trying to go on this X amount of journey and he ain't did nothing. So is he not real for me? Is he real for you? But also I was blessed to have a friend in college that is actually a different faith of me. Like she believed in Buddhism. And so she actually was able to teach me about meditation and understanding like how your body and you are connected. So then I had another question of like, well, if I was born somewhere else, would I really be a Christian? Would I really believe in this faith? Like, how does that even work? And I think for me going on that journey taught me a lot of stuff of like, maybe I don't subscribe to a quote unquote, a traditional religion as everyone else. But I do believe that there is a higher being. Like I do believe there is the most high and I'm not going to say I don't believe in like everything else but I feel like what you believe in is what you believe in and to answer your Amelia's question about like <laughs> transition with um, my friends I think they were they know me so they know I'm an extremely inquisitive person so when I was even asking them questions it was more of oh that's interesting let's look into it or they would be like oh here you go Nakai and with that uh with the friends that were just like the uh it was more of like not like a here she go but it was more of like I'm questioning them and now they're questioning themselves and now they're questioning if they actually believe which wasn't for me to question that it was just more for understand what you're believing in but understand your why or why you believe in it because my whole entire thing is I don't know if y'all seen the movie The Matrix but how how programmed are we I'll watch it for Keanu hey you know what that's all you need just watch the first two you're good my whole entire thing is like how programmed are we and when I say program, meaning are, am I, are you actually thinking for yourself or does someone else program these thoughts, these beliefs and these ideas into you? And now you're just functioning on what someone else programmed into you. That sounds Woo. like we've had a lot of those questions, I think, and a lot of those perspectives. Yeah, that sounds so good to me. Like if y'all listen to my episode, it seems like we were thinking about the same thing. Oh yeah, we were. That, that journey of self and everything. So... I guess my question to you is, we all know that adulting is not something that you reach a destination and now you're an adult, like you can plant your flag and that's all there is to it and just relish in living in adult land. It is an ongoing process. So Nakai, are these things that you are still struggling with and working through and wrestling with, or is there something else that you're having to wrestle with now in adulthood? Great question. I feel like for me, I will always struggle or not struggle, but challenge myself to be better. And so with that, it goes back to understanding my why, but 
also understanding of how can I be a better Nakai every single day? Do I still struggle with who I am? I don't think I struggle with that as much more so as understanding how to live in my full potential right now. So previously I would play small depending on who I'm around because, you know, some personalities can be bigger. And so I, I said earlier, I grew up with my grandparents. So understanding that playing small does not serve anybody, specifically me. And I grew up to be like, oh, she's too much. She's too much. Oh, she's so opinionated. Oh, here she go with these questions. And for me, it was kind of like a punch in the gut of like, oh man, I need to tone down. Or, oh man, I need to be more friendly or I need to be more, you know, kinder and nice. But I'm at the point of my life where fuck y'all. Y'all don't like it. I don't care. I know who I am. And if you think I'm too much, I'm not too much. I'm just too much for you. And maybe you are playing small or I intimidate you, or maybe I'm intimidating your demons or triggering your demons. But <laughs> that's how I <laughs> Y'all, me and Sunny D both kind of had to Yo. step back from the screen a little bit. Like that triggering your demons. Oh my what? what? I mean what if, if okay, if there's anything that was a punch in the face, it was that comment right there. Okay. That's what well, that was. It's so true because you know, like as women, we meet people that and I can only say for myself, like I've met some people that immediately are turned off by me. And it could be like I don't even say a word to them, but it could be as I'm learning my presence because I do have a big presence. I may not say anything, but my presence is there. And so if I walk into the room, I do, I have a huge self-confidence in myself that if I walk into the room, you're going to know I'm there. Whether if I'm speaking or it's the way I walk or it's me just speaking like, hey, how are you doing? I light up a room. I've learned that some people don't like that, but it's not that they don't like me. They just don't like me as their mirror because some of them strive to be who I am in this point, but they don't know the work that had to go, I had to go through to get to where I am. And then also I learned about playing small with friends. And I I use friends very loosely in this, meaning frenemies, because some people think like, oh, we're all friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You'll learn about frenemies when you get older, boo-boo. For me, it was like, oh, well, because I, I am a person and I want everyone to succeed. Like if I rock with you, I rock with you hard, 100 200%. Like if I'm going, we all going together. Unless you end up drowning and I can't save you. And that's because you did something to not save yourself. But I will toss out the life jacket or the saver thingy, the little circle. Lifeline. Lifeline. There we go. I would toss a million of those out, but I can't make you take it. So for me, trying to live in my truth, but also understanding that I'm such a giver that I have to learn like, what's my borderline? Like, what's my boundary? Because y'all know, what's my favorite B word? Boundary. Yes. <laughs> Finally <laughs> did it. Yes. Yes. I thought one of y'all was going to say boundaries and the other one was going to say bitch. <laughs> I was going to say boundaries, but I couldn't get off beat fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> So can I just say for the record, I'm just going to put this a recording. I'm just going to, we're just going to put this on the record, literally that your comment about you lighting up the room, when you come in, whether that's you speaking to someone or you just have this presence about you is you officially admitting that on that, whatever fall day in college, you spoke to me first and went stop talking. Oh my gosh. First and foremost, let's get the record straight. You spoke to we me did. first. You just you said it. 
first. You just said it. I like, you're right. I did light up the room. However, mm-hmm. you spoke first. Last. I said, hey, is someone sitting here? And you spoke to me first and you would not stop talking. And now we're friends. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we've been friends ever since then. Can we just get on the fact of Black women seeing each other and speaking and acknowledging each other? Because sometimes, too many times, we look at each other as, oh, she's my competition. So the fact that one of y'all spoke, I wasn't there, but one of y'all spoke. It was a huge step toward Black womanhood. But you made some really great, I mean, I'm not even gonna lie, I'm still shook about triggering your demons, to be honest with you. It's really true, and I don't even think about, like, women to women. It could be men. Like, I think, for instance, I have, like, this amazing male friend, right? And, like, sometimes he says stuff that, like, it really triggers me. And I tell him, like, hey, you just triggered my demon and I don't like it. Like, that's something I haven't dealt with that needs to stay in the closet. And he literally challenged me and he's like, no, let's talk about it. Why? Why did that trigger you? Why did that happen? What happened to you? And like, we go into this whole entire quote unquote releasing or relearning session, right? Or processing session of why did that trigger me? But once we get to the root, it's like, oh, okay. So then if it happens again, I am now equipped with the coping skills to see that prior to it happening. A lot of us, especially as Black women, have not dealt with the stuff in the closet. We haven't dealt with our childhoods. We haven't dealt with parents who are not present. And I say present, meaning because you can have a parent that works eight jobs and you're parenting yourself as a kid. So actively parenting. When I said Nay is going to be my uh, model when I have my twins. But um, there's a huge disconnect in our culture of understanding who we are as a person, but also understanding of having a blueprint and having someone to tell us, hey, it's more than five emotions. It's a vast of emotions. Like right now, you may be upset, but it's because you're frustrated because of this thing that happened. I feel like you, I don't know if you showed me or maybe I saw this on the interwebs once upon a time, but there's like an emotion like mm-hmm. wheel, right? It looks similar. It's like a color wheel. And then you have like those core emotions, but then like as the wheel gets bigger it's more specific you know you know which one I'm talking about yes. I don't even I didn't I've never saw that until I was an adult and, and by adult I mean like a couple of years ago like early 30s right and this is something that would have helped a person like me who struggles with anxiety and being overwhelmed and being an empath where I feel a lot of the very varying emotions at the same time and I wish that that was shared more early on in life than than it has has been. Mm-hmm. Can we circle back to something you said a little bit earlier because it, it triggered me not gonna <laughs> lie. I was triggered and I feel like it's something we have this conversation all the time. For those of y'all who don't know Nakai is always pushing me out of my comfort zone to be better, to do better, because I do like to be in the background. Like I love being the cheerleader. And she's like, no, Peppa, you gonna be in the front. Like you gonna do this, you're gonna step out. So how did you get to the space where you felt free to live in your truth and not to play small? I know that's an area where you're still on the road to, but as someone who is quite comfortable behind the scenes, how did you get to where you're like, no, let me take center stage and let my presence be known, even if it's just the way that my feet hit this pavement? Um, man, y'all hit me with these good questions today. <laughs> 
honestly, how I can explain this is I am a true introvert, like total introvert. I really am. I am such an introvert that I have to make myself have extrovert qualities. Meaning the crazy thing is like the field I chose um, specifically coming out of college. I, I didn't have an opportunity if I wanted to do and be great at what I did. I could not be introverted or I could not be nervous or scared because I'm dealing with children and with children, they feed off of your energy. So if I'm coming in and I'm prepping you for a procedure, then I'm nervous and I'm like, oh, well, you, you can't do this. And the parents are like, uh-uh, bring somebody else in here. But, and I also feel like for me, it's easier for me to advocate for someone else. And I've learned that I will advocate for my patients. I'll advocate for my friends. I will advocate for my family 10 times fold than I did for me. It took my mentor to point that out to me. And when she pointed that out, I was like, oh, ah, it's okay. And she was like, no, 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 no. It's not okay. Because she said, as a black woman navigating a space that's not for me, one, and on top of that, having to navigate a space that only like a handful of black women are even in, you have to know your shit. And not just know your shit, but you have to know it frontwards, backwards, left to right. But then when you present it, you have to present it in a area of, what did she say? In an area, in a, like, kind of like honey, right? Because you attract more bees with honey. So you have to present it with honey. And so for For me, I think navigating, having to advocate for so many different clients and patients that I have kind of like slowly been able to like shine in that aspect. Am I still working on that? Oh, yes. Every single day, like every single day, because there are things that I am still learning and trying to figure out like, oh, well, how does this work? Oh, I don't know anything about that. Let me step back. And it's like, well, why step back when I can still step up and just be honest? I don't know. And I don't know what I don't know, but what I do know is that somebody will have an answer for me if I actually step out of my comfort zone and ask the damn question. And I think of Nay and Sunny, do you both know this transition that happened? Like it took so much out of me to even ask for help. And that whole entire transition humbled me to the point where I was like, okay, if I wanted to know if God was real, I I learned that this year. Ladies and gentlemen, I still forced her to accept <laughs> things and to, so she says it's taught her some things, but she still be forgetting. <laughs> oh, but I think that statement that you just said punched me in the face. <laughs> Why step back when you can step up? Because I feel like if our listeners are anything like me, too many times you want to be perfect and in your perfection is the stagnation. Like you don't want to move forward because it's not going to be perfect. But we're all human. We're all fantastically flawed. So even if there are some mess ups, you can still shine and still walk in your greatness while also walking in your ignorance. Like that's not say let's go out and be a whole fool and expect others to give us all the grace in the world. But I understand what you're saying. And I I received that. I did. I'm getting triggered left and right. (laughs) And I feel attacked. Okay. (laughs) Because best believe I wrote that down. Okay. And if y'all didn't write that down, listeners, I'm going to need you to get your whole life, replay it back, you know, 20 seconds or whatever, and write it down. Write it in the sky. I don't know. But like real talk, that was a word from God. I want to circle back really quickly to to what you said, knowing that you've with this transition that you've gone through. I'll say this. It taught me kind of witnessing secondhand the the challenges that you were going 
going through. It's taught me how to be supportive, which I don't think is a lesson that's very learned very often. And, and there's a difference between support and support, like actually understanding what someone else that you care about needs from you and being able to do that for them is a really big deal. And that, that, I mean, that humbled me also because that taught me, even in my own struggles, I can still be helpful and be of service and be useful to someone else when, when they need it. Especially when you have two people that care about each other, friends, relationships, coworkers, whatever, that are also struggling individually, how to deal with your own stuff and still be a rock to somebody else. That's, that's a whole other part of adulting and relationships relationships that, that that's a challenging walk mm-hmm. so I'm grateful for that just putting my little two cents in there no I was just gonna say okay you know that when you go through things in the immediate it doesn't look like you're learning anything or the way you handle stuff is also a reflection and an example and illuminate for others how to go through things because you did go through this whole situation with so much grace like so much humility but also a confidence that I'm not sure I would have went through if I was in this space. So you were a great example on how to go through the fire, but still have that confidence, still have your head up. Yes, I know things did get rough. And yes, I know we we had heart to heart. But in the midst of all of that, your forward face to the public was still, I got this. And that was awe-inspiring. I think what you said was, man, don't sound like me. (laughs) I want to say thank you. For me, I think handling that, I literally wrote down every day in one of my million journals, right? I got this, keep going. I got this, keep going. I got this, keep going. Like I wrote that down almost I'm probably over a hundred times. Why? Because I really feel like that's when God was talking to. And that's when he was like, you got to stop and let me handle it because this, you can't handle this by yourself. And so for when I, and I transitioned into even writing it of like, God has this, let me step back. God has this. There has been many times that I will go to, you know, my favorite spot in the ocean and just see, and I would look out at this massive body of water and look at it. And I'm like, I am that water. The situation that I'm going through is a drop. Look at how massive I am. I am one body of water, right? God is the whole entire earth. If he in the whole entire universe, he has me. If I am a, if the situation is a drop, that just tells me, hey, look at how many other solutions that are around you. Open your mind, open your brain and refocus and reset. Because for me, if I can see maybe not 18 steps ahead of me, but if I can see one or two steps in front of me, I know I got this. Now, I don't know what that looks like. Hence, this is how a podcast came out. <laughs> but, you know... I heard this on Michael Todd Crazy Faith series of it's it's lazy faith versus crazy faith and lazy faith is when you don't see a problem or you can't see a solution and crazy faith is when you're unsettled so for me I know I haven't been living in my full potential because I have been unsettled for a long time and when I say unsettled it's like I know it's more I know I'm supposed to do a lot I know and I see this vision for my life I don't know how I'm getting there but I'm going and that's that crazy faith in the middle of everything I'm the body of water 
water and maybe the body of water is going to transition me into doing it, but I don't know how I'm getting there, but I'm getting there. Right. So I, I hope you guys were listening and, and I hope you got your jewelry box together because there's gems all over the place. All, all, all of the gems, all of the gems. There's just so many, so many things to take away and so many insights about relationships with friends, relationships with yourself and, and what that looks like as you grow older through this life. And like I said, I've known Nakai for quite some time and she's always had such a strong presence. And in some instances, it's really, like she said, a reflection of what you see in yourselves. And I've definitely had those feelings where me being my, my quiet, introverted, I will speak if someone speaks to me first type of person. And just the caveat, I think in thinking about it, I understand where Nakai is coming from. Like when she needs to recharge, she might be like go on her lonesome, like go to herself. But her curiosity and her love of learning makes it seem like she is an extrovert because she does seek those opportunities for betterment to learn to grow. And that does give the appearance of being an extrovert. But I still side out of that whole introvert. You know what? I I agree because I can't tell you how many times I've called her and she's going somewhere where she's like in in a a tiny house in some small town by herself, like doing her recharge. But she would send me text messages of like her flight schedule. And I'm like, bitch, where are you going now? do it you on another plane she does that all the time but I get it though I get those moments of just wanting to retreat and recharge on your own and I think everybody should do that those solo trips take them okay knock yourself out and take them so as we always do on WMB is we celebrate all things melanation and it's about that time moments of melanation Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting. So on this episode, we, we we talk about adulting and what adulting looks like through the lens of three Black women that you've been listening to. And we have to shout out one of, in my opinion, the like most excellent example of adulting while Black, which is our beloved Insecure by Issa Rae on HBO. It's it had five seasons and it I remember the first season and I was like, it's probably the first time I'd ever really saw representation of my inner self on TV. You know what I mean? Like just being awkward, not really knowing what, how to move and what to do in certain spaces. And it was just like a, an all black or um, highly melanated writing room. Okay. So you have a, a story about black people written by black people, which unfortunately was like a new concept in 2016, 20- 15 when it came out i mean I, I i was blown away by the show we're gonna miss it dearly it'll you can stream it watch it on hbo if you have if you don't have it you need to get it and it's it's about adulting in general but especially through this lens through this melanated lens i love the show so so much yeah i think insecure is similar to me too because i feel like i'm always that awkward black girl because um specifically in my family it's like oh she's weird and it's like or i get called eccentric and i love that Insecure, specifically Issa, has opened the door for so many Black women. And not just that, but so many Black women who now have a space. But also, if you watch Insecure, one thing I love is that it's the relationships between friends. 
And what people don't realize that, from my perspective, is that as we grow up, those are some of the vital relationships that we have in life. And those are your friendships. Those are the ones that you can go cry to, talk to, you know, be like, hey, let's go twerk in the middle of the street together. Yes, Nate. Okay, okay, okay. Um, (laughs) But you need friends like that, right? And so that's how I feel about Insecure and Issa. And I am with Issa's that I'm always for everybody black. Yeah, what I love about Insecure is, I mean, I am the awkward black girl, but it gives you a representation of a black womanhood. Like there, we are not a monolith. Yes, we do have things that are consistent and relatable to all of us, but there are different facets of black woman that is displayed on the show. You have Tiffany, who is your quote unquote bougie uppity black girl. You have Molly, who's professionally ratchet. <laughs> you have Issa, who is trying to figure life out. And then you have... um You have Kelly, who's the life of the party, but also in being the life of the party, recognizes that her friends might not really know who she truly is because she's played that caricature for so long. So I just love that how it shows us different parts and the fact that you can be any one of them at different times, which is awesome because we have a plethora of faces in our one body. That's a really good point. Being, Being all of these women women at different at different times yeah that's probably the truest statement of it all which we really are and you know understanding how throughout our journey of adulthood and like of course you know Issa going through even in her episodes I don't know if y'all have been watching but she talks about like her self-worth her self-love and her self-belief as you all know we are sponsored by another amazing business we are sure refinement And what we do is we help women move through their trauma and learn how to develop the self-love, self-worth, and self-belief within themselves. We can be found online at www.surerefinement.com, or you can shoot us a quick email at kb at surerefinement.com, or you can find us on Instagram at surerefinement underscore. And so they have a code with us where it's WMB22, which is where my blueprint 22 which is 20% off any service again that's your refinement at WMB 22 for 20% off services this episode I didn't realize I was going to get so get interviewed so deeply today but we're going to the club We are going to wrap this up with thank you ladies for asking, you know, some tough questions and every single person that's listening to this. I hope you understand that you are the table and you are the bag, meaning Uh. go out and live your life to the fullest because every day you wake up, that's another day to live. So you live every single day. So really go out, understand that you are the bag, you are the fucking table, and you invite who you want to eat at your table. So Nay and Sunny D, do you want to tell us your wrap up? Yeah, I think my takeaway from your beautiful words, oh my goodness, were the why step back when you can step up. I feel like I need to write that in my journal. 50 million times every day because as people and especially black women we have been conditioned to be at the bottom to push everyone forward at the detriment of ourselves and to live our lives small in order not to make waves or in order not to 
make other people feel inadequate. But it's like, no, you can step up, step up, be in your greatness, and it will either push others to walk in their greatness or push them out your way. That part. Mug is the notion of playing small, like in and not realizing that those moments where you have that settling feeling, which I guess it for me personally is because I'm playing small and there's there's more to my life than than where I am and there there's places I need to go and I need to to move forward to. So that was definitely a big one is is having the crazy faith to not know necessarily how you're going to get there, but absolutely believe that it will happen. You know, we always end our episodes with an affirmation. For today, I thank the universe for providing me with the opportunities to grow and to transform. We live, we get the opportunity to to experience another day. It's our opportunities to grow and to learn and to transform into the people that we're destined to be. So embody that as you guys move through the space this next week. Great. So while we wrap this thing on through, we want you to do what we always want you to do. Subscribe and review our podcast that Where's My Blueprint on all of the socials. So that's Where's My Blueprint pod on Facebook, Instagram, Tickety Talk Talk. So that's Where's My BP pod on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.